Welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. On this episode, we'll be taking a look at taking advantage of spring scouting opportunities. All right, again, welcome to the MI Hunting Podcast. And like the title said, you know, on this episode, we will be talking about scouting primarily that late winter early spring scouting and what you can do to take advantage of this time frame in hopes to build a better base of knowledge when it comes to this fall now before we get into the scouting portion i do want to bring up a little bit of news that that out of the national wild turkey federation they had their annual convention and michigan actually received uh, honors for their land conservation work. So uh, basically this, the work that Michigan DNR um, throughout the state has done to help the, the turkey population, they were recognized in that regard. And since we're on the topic of turkeys, the spring turkey drawings results are available. So congratulations if you put in and drew a tag. Now, if you didn't draw, then tags are still available until March 14th. So that would be today would be the last day for that. And then if you didn't apply and you still want to try to take advantage of getting one of those earlier seasons, those tags will be available for those who didn't apply on March 21st. And then, so any any additional tags are left over for those early hunts, those will be available at that time. And of course, there's the late season that will run through the month of May. And then also, we're wrapping up the small game season, which closes on March 31st. We've only got a couple more weeks of that. So let's go ahead and dive into this topic. So if you listen to the show before, you know that I've been a component or I've talked about scouting quite a bit before. You know, I'm really much on the or a believer that, you know, the more you scout, the more better understanding of an area and the deer in that area. You know, you're just tipping the odds in your favor when it comes to hunting season. Now, with this time frame, too, you, know, you get a mix of two main different things. You get an idea of, you know, you're basically going out there and putting boots on the ground and exploring areas so you're picking up and looking for any deer activity in those areas now with the winter time too you can take advantage that having that snow snow there as well so you're looking at basically trying to find the late fall deer sign as well as kind of keeping in mind what the winter activity looks like now again this is just to give you an idea of you know old sign and current deer movement so just because you find an area that's got a hot trail or you know a trail that's been pounded this winter you know you really gotta you know keep it in mind that that's quite likely that deer are going to shift their movement just a little bit from that trail during the winter in comparison to their fall so it's not a black and white when you find that sign but again it's just going to help build a foundation of knowledge of the area and how deer potentially utilize the landscape and how they move about it. So again, with any new scouting you know, plan, it always starts out with e-scouting. So again, if you've got some type of hunting, you know, mapping app, you know, that's where I turn to first. And again, the primary things that I'm really looking at is I look at the satellite imagery and look at the different types of cover that's there. So depending on when that imagery is available, you can pick up on 
different types of trees. So if they get a fall, you know, they're in a fall time frame, you can really see the, you know, the areas where those hardwoods, where the leaves were off the trees in comparison to like pine trees and whatnot, they're still gonna show that green. And then you can look at the densities of that cover as well. If you use a thick carpet of green where all the trees are, you know, it's pretty dense. If it's more sporadic, then you can see that you're in more open area. And then, especially if you've got an area where there is a lot of the same type of cover, you know, if you're looking at a really large pine area or district hardwoods, then the next thing you want to switch over to is going to your topo map, where that's going to really help you out with determining where there's significant terrain differences. Now, the other thing too is I've started hunting in areas where it's a lot flatter. You don't have some big hills or you know major ridge lines you can follow or anything like that. A lot of times I get down into the swamps where really you're looking at very, very subtle terrain differences, but you don't wanna key on those. So any type of terrain difference on a flat area, it doesn't take much of a difference key in on that area. So for example, if you're in the midst of a cedar swamp and you take a look at that map and you see just one little, you know, topo line, you know, slightly higher elevation, maybe it's a little island out in the middle of that swamp, or you see a line that kind of runs along th through that swamp where it's like a, you know, there's a raised ridge line along that, along that lowland area. That is one area that you're gonna wanna key in on. Very likely that you're gonna see different sign there or some major runways or something um, in that area. So that's one thing I've really tried to key on, especially um, in some of these different areas that I've been hunting where you, know, you don't have a real significant change in the type of terrain that you're working with. But keying on, on those subtleties can really narrow you down into some areas that are worth taking a look. The two things I really focus on is whether or not I'm looking at a area that I've or have they already explored and scouted before, or if it's a brand new area. Now, if it's a brand new area, you just wanna key in on those key features. Hopefully you've marked on those e-maps some pins or areas of interest, and those are the areas you wanna check out first. And then depending on what you find, you can expand your search from there uh, based on what the terrain and what the, the sign's showing you. Now, if it's an area that you've hunted before, and you're really just looking at expanding your knowledge of that area. Now, I've been doing that a lot more frequently. So I've got kind of the main area where I've either hunted or I found a concentration sign. The next step is, is to try to find out where those deer are going from there or where they're coming from. So that just means exploring, you know, either you get thicker into the cover, trying to find their bedding areas, or you start following back to where the food source is. Now, I've usually had better success going that direction. So usually I start at a food source and then build my way back into where an area I know. So I actually just did that just this past weekend where I had a known area where deer travel, where I found some deer sign. And I knew basically from got onto the state land as close as I could to that hayfield and just started walking, trying to find the highest concentration of deer movement from that field back towards where I hunt. So and ultimately I found that there's really three main trails that come from that direction. And then 
honestly, once it gets back into where where I had set up to hunt, the, that sign actually disperses a little bit. So that kind of makes me think that I'm getting closer to where those deer are starting to start finding their bedding areas and kind of meander and not really you know, beeline it to a certain area from there. So I'm actually, I hope from what I found so far that I'm actually pretty close to where the deer like to bed. I do, I do have to expand a little bit and try to narrow in and actually find some, you know, true sign of bedding areas, but it gives me a better idea that I'm in the right area. So this is a great time. Now I'm up here in the Northern Lower Peninsula. So I still got a significant amount of snow. Uh, we did have that big rain uh, about a week ago that melted a good majority of it off, but now we've since gotten some more snow. So that's, you know, one of the key things I'm utilizing is really, you know, using the snow to be able to see really where the deer are going. They can't hide their tracks in this fresh snow. So you can really see areas of, you know, very recent deer movement and you can pick out areas that have more concentration just by the sheer number of tracks. And then of course you can always look at the size of the tracks take a look at if there's multiple sizes there is that a doe family group is it a lone deer is it a large track medium track small track and you can start to kind of focus in on you know certain tracks if you want to just follow the main main trail where the bulk of the movement is you can do that or if you see a large trail that breaks breaks off you can follow that one as well you're really just kind of exploring to this point just really kind of learn where those deer are going and utilizing that snow is a great way to do it the other great thing about this time frame especially up until spring green up is the woods are so much more open you can see so much farther and you can really you can really see how the terrain flows throughout the landscape you know when when it's summertime and all the foliage is out you can't see too far so you can't see, you know, a gradual sloping hill as much. You can't see, you know, how you know, the distance are from where you're at to the next, you know, hillside or whatnot. And just by opening everything up, you can kind of see really just how the landscape lays out within the woods. And you can start to really see those subtle changes of that terrain and really just being able to utilize, you know, if you're on a deer trail of how the deer are traveling along those terrain differences and you can see you know that bigger picture instead of just what's right in front of you and again with it being more open you can really see those subtle changes so you know my example of being in that cedar swamp again you're not going to be able to utilize that nearly as much because of how thick everything is but if you're in the hardwoods then you can see if there's a bowl somewhere or a lowland area or a little bit of a little bit of a knoll or something like that where where there's just a little bit of elevation difference and you can key on on that from a much farther distance and you can go approach it and take a look at it now the other really nice thing is it's much easier to take a look at the type of cover that's around you you know for the most part a lot of the big open timber everything's wide open well, with you being able to see so far within the woods, you can really pinpoint on areas that are thickened up and that you can't see into it. So you can really key in, you can look at a big, you know, block of timber and really pinpoint areas of interest just based on how thick and how much cover there is in the area. And again, one of the things I like to do is try to be efficient as much as possible with 
my scouring. So by finding that areas of cover, you can really knock out a lot of areas where you know are just white, way too open, way too flat, there's nothing going on. And you can kind of ignore some of those areas and key in on more of those you know, areas of interest that would more likely have deer movement or deer sign in them. And then also you can really pinpoint different edges easier as well. Again, without all the foliage, without all the greenery, you can start to see not necessarily so much the hard edges because even with during the summertime and during the fall, you can see those hard edges, you know, on the on a field edge or, you know, a thick patch of pine. You know, those are a little bit easier to detect. What we're looking at more is with the soft edges. So if you're looking at, you know, basically those more subtle transitions between one type of cover to another, you can see those a little bit easier as well, uh, just because they stick out a little bit more. Again, everyone knows that deer are creatures of edge, so you can focus in on those edges. And there's, and again, without having, you know, the leaves off the trees still, they're very easy to spot and identify. Now, the next thing that, again, I'm really focusing on is finding old deer sign. So with the snow, you know, that can present a bit of a challenge depending on how much snow there is. But the fact that it's starting to melt down a little bit, it is going to make it a little bit easier to find, you know, older deer sign from the fall. So I'm talking about things like rubs and scrapes are really just your, you know, those signposts of saying that there's been a buck in the area. So the big one I focus on is rubs. You know, they're very easy to identify or they're pretty hard to miss especially this time of year. So the things I'm really looking at is looking for rub lines. You know, basically once I've found a rub line during scouting, I pretty much try to stay on it as long as I can until I either find the find where it comes up to a, maybe a bedding area or a food source or try to find a, where that rub line goes to. Usually you'll either have one or two things. Either you'll come up where the sign just kind of fades off and you can't really find it anymore or you'll find a higher concentration at the end of that and if that's the case then then you know with that higher concentration that might be a good area to continue to look into further and then if it does dissipate out then you can kind of keep track of it what i end up doing quite often is kind of revisit that spot a little bit later and just try to spend a little more time where that sign starts to dissipate and see if i can't find it find some more or figure out where the deer are going from there or where they've come from um, before that sign starts to really show and become more clear. Now scrapes again are the next one. With the scrapes, with the snow melting, those will tend to, at least what I've noticed is that they will generally start to melt down and they will be melted out before the surrounding area so with that cleared with that cleared area where the where the dirt's exposed that snow will melt away in that spot a little bit sooner than the surrounding area so you can kind of pick up on those where that area has been cleared out with all the leaves and debris and everything like that and of course the next logical step is to take a look up see if there's a licking branch above it and the next thing you know you really need to take a look at with those scrapes of kind of what type of scrape is it is it one that's maybe on a field edge that may not have been you know utilized all that often or is it something that's a little bit larger and maybe in the thicker cover or a little bit off the field edge a little bit 
you know, a lot of times those smaller field edge scrapes, you know, they're nice to find, especially if you find like where there's a kind of like a, a, a scrape line there where they've made multiple along a certain edge. You, you can take that in consideration knowing that that's the side of a field that they tend to want to be on. But you have no guarantee that those deer are going to be making those scrapes in any time during the, the daylight. More than likely, you're probably going to find more often than not that those are going to be more nocturnal scrapes or ones that they're going to be sporadic enough where you really can't you know, rely on those ones. So if you're back more in the timber, if it's a larger scrape, especially if it's been well cleared out where you've got no new grasses or any debris in them still that's a good likelihood that that's more of a community scrape where multiple deer utilize it throughout the season and maintain it and those are ones that are going to get the most amount of traffic coming through them and then as you go along make sure you have that hunting app open and marking things that you find or the areas of interest and don't and don't worry about how many you put down quite often when especially when I'm looking at rubs I'll mark almost every rub that I find so I can get an idea later of the concentration of the rubs I found so if you only put one or two then when you look back at it you may not necessarily remember exactly what all you saw and it may not show as good a picture if you don't have you know a bunch of rubs in a certain area where if you only have one or two then maybe later when you think about it that you know it kind of gives you the idea that that concentration wasn't as high and you may discredit it, credit it a little bit so i pretty much mark everything now certainly if there's multiple rubs within a very short spot and if they're still in the same line line of travel i may not mark those but if i walk you know 10 20 feet and there's more rubs then i will make sure to mark those as well the next thing is especially if the, there's a trail or start rubs start branching off in other directions I make sure I mark those off as well so that way when I go back to take a look at it or kind of reevaluate the aerial maps based on the sign I can start to see maybe trends or you know certain patterns of the sign I found and that goes back again to the one example about the rub line that follows basically the base of this ridge and kind of makes a u-shape you know by marking off all those along that pathway when you look at the map again it becomes very clear that those deer are following along the base of that ridge and it's looping around whereas if I only marked a couple that that picture may not have been as clear to me so yeah so and I mark out everything I see so I drop pins for rubs for scrapes for potential bedding areas trails directions so the one thing I really like doing um, that I've started just this past year is really using that tracking feature on one of the apps I use basically it puts a pin as you walk and then you can save that path so but two things with that one I can focus on or take a look at areas that I've scouted or the paths I've taken scouting these areas so I can kind of kind of check myself I'm making sure I covered a certain area and then the other thing I do is I start marking down where those deer trails are and the direction they're going as well as any major deer crossing so 
if there's a spot where I wanted to stick on one trail, but I know there's another trail going off another direction, I will mark it that there's a trail crossing there. That way, if I want to go back to it, or if I want to circle back around and get on that trail and scout that further, I don't lose track of where that is. The other thing I'll do, especially if you're, when you're walking through, if you notice a significant potential food source. So, you know, if you're in the hardwoods and you find uh, a patch of, you know, oaks or something like that, or somewhere out in the, you know, a random apple tree or some type of food source that's gonna stand out a little bit, I make sure I mark those too. And then also once I find it, if I find a spot that I really like and that is a good possibility that I'm going to hunt them this fall, I start marking areas of potential stand locations. I usually try to think of an area where I, if I have potentially two spots I can set up based on different wind directions and then the next spot or next consideration is if I, that I have a good access route. You know, I've hunted some spots before where I thought they were really great spots but I never really had a great way to get into them. And, and it usually took me maybe you know, half a season, a full season to think about it, to start really understanding how uh, your movement in that area is or how the wind, you know, works in that area. So always keeping in the back of your mind of what, how you get back into those spots and what your access routes may be, especially to get to certain stand locations based on the sign that you find in the, you know, deer movement. And then the other great thing about making sure that you put down all those pins and points of interest is that you can always revisit them later you know i've done this before where i had a hunting spot where there's a high concentration of buck sign i ended up hunting that area turns out i didn't see the activity that i thought i might again i was still learning that area quite a bit so some of my access routes weren't you know locked down necessarily but i continued to expand on those areas and circle back to them just kind of learning how all those deer were coming into that area and how they were leaving the direction, the timing within the season. So that's one thing that you can always do. And I highly encourage that you revisit those spots, especially as the season gets closer to confirm whether or not there's any new sign popping up or there's still the the deer movement or deer sign in the area. And the other big one too is a lot of times, especially on the public land areas, you can have a lot of changes occur. So, you know, I ran into that just this last year where it was a really thick area that I was gonna scout, got to the, got clo- close to the area, made it through some of the thick stuff and I was gonna expand onto the next portion. And next thing I know, I'm in a wide open area that had been cut where they had a timber harvest and it completely changed how I was gonna have to address this area. You know, I was looking at thick areas of cover um, that I was going to focus on along with terrain. Well, now I have the terrain there, but there's no cover anymore. It's been clear cut. So it's great to see that those, those mature timber areas have been harvested. You know, that's regenerating growth, more food, more cover for deer and wildlife. The downfall is, is now there's a lot more edge, a lot more draw to that area than what I initially was planning for. So now that's a whole nother area that's a point of interest really, especially over the next couple of years as that clear cut starts to regrow. There's gonna be a lot more regen, a bunch of new growth there. That's gonna be a high draw for food especially. 
And then as it thickens up over the next few years, you know, that's going to be additional deer cover. And then as I've gone through this, this spring, I've noticed that they've started harvesting in another area as well. So again, great to see that they're making those improvements, but part of me is just shaking my head a little bit as thinking, great, now this is more area that I have to cover and explore and learn, you know, basically giving those deer potentially more spots that they can be than in some of the areas where, you know, there's better concentration of good habitat compared to bad habitat. So a mixed bag with that. Overall, I'm glad to see that they've been doing that. Just means I'm gonna have to work that much harder to try to pin down these deer um, now that they're gonna have some potential for better habitat. The other area that I focus on had kind of the opposite where there's now an area where better habitat. Now I'm looking at an area where there was habitat destroyed. Basically along this swampy marsh area, beavers had dammed up the main creek that runs through it and flooded out some of the, the areas that I was hoping to hunt this year. You know, basically on the aerial map that I showed was some major runs cutting across the corner of this marsh. I mean, you could see it from way out on the satellite imagery and thought this was gonna be a dynamite spot to, you know, catch these deer. Well, went to scout it and it's a good two to three feet underwater now. So that part of it was blown where I couldn't hunt that. Now the other part came up to where those satellite imaging, you know, didn't catch up to it. So it shows that certain parts of it are flooded out and you know, the cattail marshes that they were, but in reality, now parts of, especially downstream of that beaver dam is now grown up, it's more grass. You start to get a lot more of the, you know, shrubs and bushes starting to grow in there now that things have dried out a little bit, you know, downstream. And then you got upstream where it's all flooded out. Now the, the upside, you can start to focus on areas that are now gonna be concentrations of deer because of that flooded out area, they have less area where they could potentially go around that marshland area. So you can use that a little bit in your favor as well. Again, going through and scouting that, getting the boots on the ground, seeing those differences, you can start to see those, you know, see how the deer move based on those habitat changes. So all that was really just to say that don't solely rely on your satellite imagery. It's not always up to date and things are constantly changing. So make sure you get the boots on the ground. So in closing for this one, again, this is a great time to take advantage this late winter, early spring time to gain some additional intel. You know, I've been trying to do this quite a bit just because basically last year I thought I had gone through this pretty good scouting late summer um, before the season and I thought I really had an idea or had it, you know, pegged on what the deer were doing. Came to the season and some of my presumptions of how the deer were moving around and where they were at was wrong so it took me a couple weeks to really of hunting areas that weren't the best um, and eventually had to give up on them and move to other areas for me to find the deer this year i'm hoping with with the taking this additional time and this additional scouting where i can start having you know areas where i have much more confidence in that i'm in the right area during the right time frame and really, I'm trying to have more than one spot 
that I have that confidence with. So if I hunt an area and the deer don't seem to be there, I can quickly jump to another spot and just keep doing that until I get on deer. And I really think that doing that, going out and trying to find these areas now can put you ahead of the game when you get into that late summer, early fall time frame of trying to pinpoint deer and find and figure out the deer activity and, and how to hunt that. And then of course, with winter breaking, you know, there's new opportunities to get out in the outdoors. You know, you, you got spring and summer fishing right around the corner. I'm actually going to try to do some steelhead fishing this year. I've never really done that before, but that's one thing I want to do. So I'm going to try to get out in some of these rivers and streams, try my hand at it. So try something new there. And then of course, next month is, you know, going to be turkey season. So, you know, we're going to dive into again of doing some talking about turkeys and turkey hunting next month as well as diving into uh, again it's a good time to start focusing on some of those um, habitat improvements so if you got public or if you got private crown then you can you know start taking care of some of these projects now that way you're ahead of the game and ready to go for this fall so that's it for this episode again take some time to get out there and do some early scouting you know especially if you've if you want to get a little bit more out of your season, then taking the opportunity to build that knowledge base and to you know get a better handle of the deer in your area and how they're traveling and how they're utilizing the landscape and just build up that foundation of knowledge and that way you're better prepared for the season. So with that, as always, get out there, be safe, and have fun.